0: So you're here to hear my story, huh? You want to hear the story of Jonah? Or, I bet you're all thinking this right now, the story of Jonah and the whale, right? Yeah. But here's the thing about my story. That fish, it's a red herring. Because the story of Jonah isn't the story of Jonah and the whale, it's the story of Jonah and the God who is unfair. That's the point of my story, how unfair God is. And so that you can understand how unfair God is, I need to tell you about the city of Nineveh. So Nineveh, that big old city on the Tigris, yeah, the capital of the Assyrian Empire that stretches from Babylon down to the the border with Egypt. Well, you know what sits between Babylon and the border with Egypt? Israel. Us. That's right. You ever heard of the city of Lachish? No? Never heard of it? Yeah, it's because the Assyrians wiped it off the face of the map. Oh sure, everything south of Jerusalem, it survived behind Jerusalem's walls, but the northern kingdom, it's gone. Destroyed. I had a sister, you know. A sister. She lived in Lachish, Married kind of a schlub, but they had three nice kids. When the Assyrians came, yeah, they started putting people on spikes, skinning them alive. Those were the lucky ones, because at least eventually they died. Their suffering was over. The people who really suffered, those were the ones who got carried off in chains as slaves to who knows where to do who knows what. And yeah, I know this is nothing new in the history of the world, but I tell you, it's like the Assyrians. It's like they celebrate the cruelty that they did to us. The king in Nineveh, he's carved his palace with images of all the terrible things his troops did to our people. And before you say, oh no, that's just fake news that the the scribes are pushing to try to sell more scrolls, well, I'll tell you what, I've seen it with my own eyes, but I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, let me recap. Nineveh, worst people in the world, objectively speaking, yeah? Yeah? Alright. So anyway, I'm there. I am minding my own business when one day God says to me, Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach to them. Nope, not going to do that. So uh, Nineveh is basically east of here. Yeah, so I caught a boat sailing west. Yeah, because, let's be clear, you know what's not fair? Asking a guy to preach to the people who tried to genocide his whole family. Yeah. So, if that's how God's going to be, I don't want to be with God. So I got on a boat, sailing to the far western end of the Mediterranean, where the sea opens out into the great ocean at the edge of the world. God's not going to find me there. So anyway, I get on this boat and I, uh, I pay the pagan sailors and I go down below deck and I stretch out in my hammock and I take a nice little nap. Only to be rudely awakened by the captain who's freaking out because apparently some storm has appeared out of the middle of nowhere and the sailors, I don't know, they cast lots or something and now they think the storm had something to do with me. And I explain to them, well, of course it has something to do with me. I'm a Hebrew. I worship the one true God, the Lord who made heaven, the earth, and the sea, and I'm happy to be running away from this God. At which point one of the sailors kind of looks at me and he goes, let me get this straight. Your God made the sea, and so you're running away from the God who made the sea by sailing on the sea? You explain one thing about God, suddenly everyone's a theologian. All right. I said to him, look, I don't criticize your life choices, and your face tattoo has given me plenty of opportunities. So if you don't want to deal with this, just throw me overboard and let's be done with it. Now at this point, the sailors, they all start blubbering about, oh no, if we throw you overboard, your God is going to be so mad at us. Oh, we'll be murderers. And I'm like, stop making this about you. This is about me and how unfair God is being to me punishing me by sending this storm just because I refuse to preach to all the murderers in Nineveh. So throw me overboard. Well, it took them long enough. They had to, like, start praying to this God, telling everyone, oh, we're so sorry. We're going to repent. We're going to turn our lives around and be better people. I mean, come on. Just man up and throw me overboard. So they did. Tossed me overboard. Man, was that water cold! But just for a second, because then I started to go numb. Yeah, and uh, and I'll tell you what: after the chaos of the waves and all the complaining of those sailors, there was something really peaceful about sinking beneath the waves into the dark deep of the sea. And at this point, it's uh, probably I should let you in on a secret: I don't know how to swim. Uh, so when I told those sailors to throw me overboard, sure, partly it was like, oh yeah, save the sailors' lives, whatever. But mostly, it's because you know who can't preach to Nineveh? A dead man. God wants me to preach to them? How's he going to do that if I'm drowned at the bottom of the ocean? I have booked myself a one-way ticket to the grave, and not even God could stop me and then officiate me. And this is the point where you all say, oh, yeah, Jonah, what kind of fish was it? How could you survive inside the fish? I don't know. The fish didn't introduce himself. He ate me. It's not like there was a plaque inside that said, this fish is a species of Leviathan gigantus. No. I couldn't see in there. It was dark. And anyway, the type of fish isn't the point. The point is how unfair God is. After what the people of Nineveh did to my family, I was literally ready to die rather than give them a second chance. But was God willing to give me the dignity of making that choice? No. I got swallowed by a fish. And whatever kind of fish it was, it was cold, and it was damp, and it stank. And after three days of being there in the depths, I threw in the towel. I prayed to God. I said, fine, God. I thought, surely, if I sank beneath the waves, I would never see you again. But even here at the bottom of the sea, you raised me up to new life. I guess we know who's in charge. I want to be very clear now. In that prayer, I did not say I was sorry for what I did. Nope, because I was not sorry for what I did. But I did acknowledge that I probably couldn't run away from God. And apparently that was enough, because shortly after my prayer, the fish spit me up, and I started walking my way to Nineveh. But here's the thing. God told me I had to go to Nineveh and preach, but God didn't say I had to do it well. So I get to Nineveh. And I like, you know, it's a big, it takes like three days to walk across the city. It's really big. So I like walk in for about a day's worth of it until I get to the palace, until I get to those gates. And I look in through the palace gates and sure enough, I could see carved on the walls of that palace from floor to ceiling, all the atrocities that the Assyrians had done to us. And I said, yeah. This is probably a good place as any. So I turned around to look at the city and I said, 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. And then I walked out of the city. That was my whole sermon. Must have been the shortest sermon ever preached in the history of the world. I figured, I don't even know if anyone was listening to me. But apparently someone was. Because. Whoever heard it repeated it, and that person repeated it to someone else, and it started spreading throughout the city. I guess this was the unintended consequence of making my sermon so short that people could remember it and share it with each other. Anyway, eventually the king heard it. And the king, the king took it seriously. The king told everyone in Nineveh, we better repent. And so the king commanded the people to start praying, told the people to fast, to not eat any food, and and to cover themselves in ashes and sackcloth. The king said, even the cows had to repent. Have you ever seen a cow dressed in sackcloth? It's ridiculous. And I'm looking at this stuff and I'm saying, God, there's no way you're buying this, right? This is a, a deathbed conversion with no sincerity. Don't be fooled by the theatrics. These people are sick through and through. And God said, They've turned from their evil. I'm going to let them live and try out this new life. I said, I knew it, God. This is why. This is why I tried to run from you, God. Because I knew you were just like you said to Moses that you're gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, eager to relent from punishing. Well, these people, they deserve to be punished for what they did. You are not fair, God. You are not treating people according to their worth. God said, wow, you're really angry about this. And I said, yes. Angry enough to die. And so I sat there. I said, either Nineveh dies or I do, and I'm just going to sit here until we find out which happens. And I'm not going to lie, I sat there for a while. Um, It was kind of a long time. And it was pretty hot and and uncomfortable. And I was kind of regretting that I'd made that statement. And then this bush... And then this bush just grew up out of nowhere. And it gave me this shade, and it was real comfortable. And I was like, oh, yeah, life's not so bad. I am just going to sit here and wait to see what happens to Nineveh. And then the next day, a worm came and ate the bush, and the bush died. And I just knew God was behind it. I just knew God had destroyed that bush. And I got so mad, and God said to me again, Jonah, are you angry?" "And I said, "Yes, God. Of course I'm angry. Can you imagine what it's like for me? It's like I have spent my whole life working for you, serving you. It would be like it would be like if I was a worker in your vineyard, and I had worked all day, since the very beginning of the day through the heat of the sun, and then at like the last hour, some random person shows up and just like worked for a tiny little fraction of what I did. And then when it comes time to pay us, you make this big show of paying that Johnny-come-lately the same amount of money that I got for all the work that I had done. Yes, I am angry, God, because you are not fair. And so I lay down to die. And God said again, are you angry, Jonah? Jonah. I don't know how much more clear I need to be about this, God. It is obvious that I am angry. And you want to know why I'm angry? Because you give those Ninevites everything. You give them... You save them from death. You you stand by their side. You comfort them when they don't even deserve it. And what about me? You don't even let me have a bush, God. And God said to me, Jonah, haven't I given you all those things? And I said, no, God, all you have given me is punishment, like that storm you sent to punish me. And God said, Jonah, I sent that storm so that you would know no matter how far you sailed to the end of the earth, I would always be there by your side. Okay, but you had a fish swallow me. And God said, Jonah, I sent that fish to swallow you so you wouldn't die. Okay, but you you took my bush from me. Jonah, I took the bush from you simply so that you would realize that I was the one who gave you the bush in the first place to comfort you even when you were mad at me. Every single one of these things that you think are punishments, they were meant to be mercies. Did you not see that? No, God, I didn't see that. But even if that's true, and I'm not saying that it was, why do the people of Nineveh, why do they get to spend their lives doing whatever they want, living however they want, and then get treated like me at the last hour? And God said, Jonah, do you think the people of Nineveh have been happy? Look again. And so I looked. I looked out at that great city. I looked out at all the people who'd come out of their houses and covered themselves in sackcloth and in ashes. And I started to look a little more closely. And I realized the people out on the streets, they were kind of looking sideways at each other. Like, I don't know, maybe they didn't trust each other. They would like Clutch their coin purses anytime someone came near them. And I noticed that whenever a soldier would walk by, the, the people would flinch and cower away. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, those soldiers are these people's sons, their brothers, their uncles. Why in the world would the people be scared of their own soldiers? Surely those soldiers are there to protect them. And I saw the king come out of his palace, and he he came out of his palace kind of squinting at the sun like maybe he hadn't gone outside in a really long time. And as soon as he stepped out, I saw all the soldiers, their faces went white with terror, and they fell down kneeling before him. I thought, wait a minute. Are the soldiers terrified of their king? Are they terrified of the person who Employs them, who feeds them, who clothes them, who leads them. Why would that be? And then I realized the king, as he came out of the palace, there were people groveling before him in the streets, but he would flinch from them and, and try to move away. Even, even when a child came up to him, it was like the king was afraid. And I thought. Why would a king be afraid of his own people? Surely the people love him for all the good that he has done to them, right? But the more I looked, the more I realized no one was happy in Nineveh. And it occurred to me that maybe that king had spent his whole life Waking up every morning to pictures of impaled Israelites, believing that if he didn't do that to everyone else first, they would do it to him. And I thought to myself, do these people just live in constant fear? Do they not know that they have a God in whom they can trust? And I realized, no, of course they don't. Because no one has been willing to come and tell them about a God in whom they can trust. And in that moment, I realized that, yeah, I was like a laborer who had worked in God's vineyard all day, from the early morning through the heat of the sun, and these Ninevites were like people who'd showed up at the last hour and said they, they wanted to work too, and And God was paying them the same as me, and I was grumpy and upset and envious because God was generous. But then I realized, these people who came at the last hour, they came at the last hour because no one had hired them sooner. They had spent all day looking for work, wondering if they would have what they needed to feed their family, to keep a roof over their head. They spent all day worrying they wouldn't have enough to get by. Whereas I, I had spent the whole day grumbling and complaining and honestly not doing half the work God had asked me to do. But I was able to grumble and complain and slack off because I knew no matter what, at the end of the day, God would pay me not what I deserved, but what I needed. What I needed to feed my family. To keep the roof over my head. God isn't fair. God doesn't treat us according to what we deserve. God treats us according to God's worth. And God's worth is that we have life and love and have it abundantly. And in that moment, God said to me, Jonah, you were so upset about that bush, which you only knew for a day. Should I not be much more concerned about all the people in Nineveh, 120,000 people and all their animals, Whom I made, whom I loved, whom I have cared for for decades. And I realized God was right. And so I came back here. I came back here to see if there's anyone else who'd be willing to go and minister to the people of Nineveh. I know You probably hate them as much as I do. They've hurt you and they've wronged you. But let me tell you what, it's been worse for them than it's been for us. So maybe you'll go and share about God's love with them. But if you don't go, maybe you'll share my story so that someone else will. I don't have it written down. I know other prophets tend to do that. Isaiah, he wrote down his stuff. Amos, he wrote down his stuff. Even Joel, even Joel wrote down his own stuff. But Let's be real, those guys, those guys were prophets. They heard God's word, and they understood it. They knew when God was sending punishment, and they knew when God was giving mercy, they could tell the difference. I couldn't. I'm not really a prophet. Don't call me that. I'm a fool who hasn't been treated fairly by God. Because God hasn't treated me according to what I'm worth, God has treated me according to what God is worth. So if you tell the story of Jonah, don't let people get caught up by the fish. Let them get caught up by God's grace. Because that's what this story is about. Amen.